Welcome to Celebration Church's podcast. We hope this helps you to know God better and trust Him more. To learn more about Celebration Church, please visit us at celebrationchurchlive.com. Amen. Well, we are getting close towards the end of this series. We're in week eight of a series. Um, we're just looking at the creed, um, the core things that we believe. We've been looking at this um, and looking at the old Roman creed um, simply because it's the oldest recorded creed we have. It's just just within about 25 years of the death of the Apostle John. I mean, and so this was what the early church believed. Not there's there's anything wrong with the the Apostles' Creed or the Nicene Creed that was collected centuries later. We just like that this one goes back and it's very ancient and goes back to the early church. And all this stuff is included in the other creeds as well, along with a handful of other things. So we've just been revisiting this to make sure we've got the right framework because we're going to jump off with this idea that what we believe is the framework of our relationship with God. It just, it's absolutely vital. We need to make sure we've done it right. When I was at Angelo State uh, back in the fall of 1992, and so, uh, yes, we were heartbreaking when broken when we were told there was somebody that got looked up and said, yeah, that person was born in 1990. They're 32 years old. And I wanted to vomit. And I was like, no way. But yeah, the math works. But um, it's just ridiculous. Anyways, um, this was before, you know, had the computer labs and I was a a communications major. And so I had to take uh, some uh, design classes, some graphics design classes. And you had to go to the computer lab because none of us college students could afford a computer. It's not like today that everybody's got one. Um, but you had to go to the computer lab and had to be taught how to do everything and do it there in that space. And so one of the very first design things that Dr. June Smith was teaching us over there was um, how to crop which I had never heard about how to crop a picture. All of you already know this. You're like, this is remedial. The seventh graders do it. I know everybody understands cropping because you do it all the time. Yeah, you you know you 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 crop this person out of the picture before you post it, and you know, and then you know you you crop this you know part of the living room out because you forgot to like straighten that that end table up, and that it looks nasty. Like you don't take care of your house, so you just crop it out. You're like, oh, now it's a good picture, and you know we just crop those things out so we can get the the image we want. But with that, um, our, my instructor gave us the silhouette of a cat. So we've got an entire cat um, that's just the silhouette and said, okay, your job in cropping this is to make this image um, and crop it down as tight as you can where we can still tell it's a cat. So remove everything that you can possibly remove, but still noticeably be a cat. And of course, most of us just cropped it down to the head. You know, you've got the profile of this cat and you can get it. You get it much smaller than that, you know, and the, the ear could be just about anything, you know, so parts of it, it could be just about anything. But, um, you know, you got it down to the head and, and we got it down and removed as much as we possibly could so that when we looked at what we were and, and inspected it, we're like, yep, that's a cat. And what we're doing in this series is to make sure we haven't let that cropping mentality 
slip into our connection with God. Because what we can do is say, you know what? Having a relationship with God is important to me. I want to look at my life and go, yep, a relationship with God is there. But what we can end up doing is slowly cropping some pieces out that make us uncomfortable, we don't want to deal with, and we slowly crop it down, and you're like, yep, I still have a relationship with God. Yep, that's still, oh, no, 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 that's not, too much, too much, too much, okay. All right, no, there, I'm comfortable with that. And what we want to make sure we've not done, while we're revisiting these core pieces of our beliefs as the body of Christ as a whole, that we each individually make sure we haven't accidentally kind of removed the Father heart of God or or that, that Jesus physically lived, or, or the historical validity of Jesus and looking at Pontius Pilate, or the, the power and the influence of the Holy Spirit. We want to make sure we haven't cropped any of those things down. And so, and this is vital. And making sure we're getting the stuff right is important. And it was important to the author of um, the Gospel of Luke, Luke the doctor, who also wrote Acts. And let's revisit um, let's revisit Luke chapter one, verse one. It says, many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us. Let's pause right there. It says, many have undertaken. He, Luke is not writing because nobody else has written. He's like, you know what? This Jesus guy was amazing. And, pff, there's just nobody put it down and I, I guess I better do this. He's not writing because nobody else has their own account. Here's the thing, is Luke was unwilling to just live off of everybody else's account of Jesus. Luke was not willing to just have his connection based on other people's accounts and other people's experiences with investigating it and go, all right, cool, you're good with it, you're good with it, all right, I'm good with it. No, Luke said, I want to get this down. I want to investigate it. I want to study it. We need to make sure that we each have our own place where we have our own account of our relationship with God. Not be okay with, with a friend here or grandparents there or, or an aunt and uncle or somebody like that having it or even that the pastor has a relationship with God. No, I'm here for you to build your account of your relationship with God. That is the, what this whole thing is about. In verse 2, it says, Just as many, just as they were handed down to us by those who from the first were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. With this in mind, so here's our mindset, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning. He carefully investigated everything. It is a biblical thing for you to have the desire to carefully investigate everything that has to do with Jesus. Luke did it so he would have his own account. You should carefully investigate everything that has to do with Jesus. Now he says, I too decided to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus. Luke had a passion that one person's understanding of Jesus mattered. That one person's. Well, guess what? When Luke was pinning this, he expected Theophilus to read this. That was who he was writing it for. He was writing it. He wrote Acts. 
So Theophilus would understand how the early church had functioned and what had happened. One person, guess what? All these years later, a billion people plus have read and been impacted by Luke's, what Luke has written. Never underestimate the impact of having a passion for one person to know Jesus. One person whose name you know, the person you personally have relationship with, guess what? God can place a person on your heart and your passion for that person to know Jesus and have a relationship with Jesus. That can, it can ultimately, with Luke, it impacted billions. It impacted billions. We don't know. God want our heart for one could be a watershed moment. In verse four, so that you may know the certainty of the things that you've been taught. God wants us to be solid on this stuff. Not squishy, not hoping, but solid with the certainty of the things that we've been taught. Let's go ahead and let's look at the old Roman creed one more time. It says, I believe in God the Father Almighty and in Christ Jesus, his only son, our Lord, who was born from the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, who under Pontius Pilate was crucified and buried on the third day, rose again from the dead, ascended into heaven, sits at the right hand of the Father, whence he will come to judge the living and the dead, and in the Holy Spirit and the Holy Church and the remission of sins and the resurrection of the flesh and life everlasting. And this week, we're looking at the astonishing line here in our creed that we believe in the Holy Church. This is a statement. If, when, you, when you get this, the Holy Church, who's the Holy Church? That's us. That's the believers. That's the children of God. That one of the core places that we have to have rocks solid belief is belief that God wants to work and move through you and I. At one point, we can easily go, yeah, I believe that Jesus, and I believe that God the Father, and even that the Holy Spirit, but you know what? The church is a bunch of religious, judgmental jerks, and I don't believe in the church. I've lost faith in the church. Well, guess what? That attack is on your, one of your core beliefs, because guess what? That's how God is working in the earth. That was his plan from day one. That is still his plan. He's not changed it. And you know what? I am sorry. I am sorry that we as the body of Christ universally all over throughout history today, across the globe, we've not been who we really called to be. And if you don't have any church hurt, this may be your first time to come to church. Because if you've been done doing church for any length of time, you've got some church hurt. Why? Because the church is people. And when people, we step on one another's toes. We're not always Christ-like. And we have this expectation to be Christ-like, and we're not always that. And, and it hurts, and it's disappointing, and it's, and it's painful. And, and then on the other side of it, you put in the atrocious things that have happened under the umbrella of church. And there have been some atrocious things that have happened of a very, very blemished, very wrinkled, very spotted church. And there's a lot of pain. But what we can't do is we cannot let go of the truth that God has called us 
to be a holy church and that he wants to move in and through his people, that that is what he has committed himself to do. And so part of this is why when we go back over the creed, we remind ourselves because what's real easy to do is to crop out the church. I'm down with Jesus. I'm down with God the Father. I'm down with the Holy Spirit. I'm just done with all the people he loves. And all of a sudden, we crop it out and go, yep, I'm pretty good. I still got a relationship with God. And if you have not made sure that the body of Christ fits in that, you have an incomplete version of God. You're like, I love the head, not the body. That's not a very cool way to handle things. It's not. We can't do that. We need to make sure we have embraced fully the full picture of who God is because the church was called to be a blessing, was designed to be a blessing, and then it's not. It's not. But that's its original design and the original heart, and just because it didn't, hasn't worked out a few times doesn't mean that it's not still supposed to be a blessing. Had a different uh, illustration for this, but this morning I had something happen that was just, it's just gonna work too good, so. Um, but this morning, so, and I was already preaching this message, already had the notes ready. Um, but anyways, I get up a lot earlier on Sundays um, than everybody else, and I try to be here um, at 6.45 to open the building and start be a part of the setup team and put the signs out front and help turn everything on and just get things going. And so part of my daily um, getting ready for the day routine, um, I have the scriptures playing. I just have it on, have it on an uh, audio book and I just play it out loud and I'm getting ready for my day. Um, it's not the only time by any means I'm in the scriptures, but I am convinced uh, the, the word tells us faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Um, in fact, uh, all of these original letters, they would show up and they would be read out loud. Philippians, they didn't read it, they heard it. Ephesians, they heard it. Romans, they heard it. It was read to the local church. And so I am a big believer. You ought to be listening to the scriptures. In our education, reading is vital, which it is. Um, we feel like reading is so much better and that listening to the Bible is some sort of weenie way to do it. It's not, it's the way it was done forever. Praise God, we can have our own copies and we can read it for ourselves, but don't all of a sudden take it out of you listening to it. In fact, if you're not already doing that, if you just download the Bible app, you have a free thing, it'll read it to you and just pick part of your commute, just your drive from the house to wherever you go. And just for that part, just listen to scripture. And then you don't have to worry about it the rest of the day. And if you have a five minute commute, you'll be amazed at how much scripture you can cover in six months. You'll be astonished. I'm telling you, you'll look up and it'll make a marked difference on your life if you just put a little bit of extra scripture just listening to it. Anyways, all that's free. But that's what I was doing this morning. I was listening to the, to the to scriptures as I was getting ready. Well, we're in the middle of a little bit of a remodel at our house. Um, the master bath has just been gutted. So I'm having to get dressed and get ready upstairs and so I'm in the upstairs away from master bedroom, master bath, and listening um, to the scriptures as I'm getting ready. Well, I had connected my phone to our bedroom TV because my heart was to be able to watch some of the movies I want to watch when Cutie went to sleep. 
Um, she don't want to hear Star Wars with all the sound effects, um, you know, at midnight. And so I made sure I got a TV that would hook up to my phone so I could listen to it with my uh, AirPods. And then it's just silent in the room, but I'm like fully, you know, sitting there taking on the Death Star, and it's awesome. And, um, and so I, that I had hooked it up to our um, bedroom TV, which is a long ways away from me. I cannot know what's going on in there. Well, all of a sudden, my scriptures, it just quit playing, just goes away. And I'm like, and I'm sitting there and I'm trying to figure it out. And then I watch for a while and yep, it's moving forward. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I start cranking it up and I'm just cranking it up and it's nothing. And I'm just like, oh my goodness. And praise God, somehow I had a miracle moment because I did not have my readers on. And the little tiny stuff on the screen said, bedroom TV. And I was like, oh, oh my goodness, because Cutie is sound asleep. And I'm like, oh man, the TV was off. I just, I just hope it was trying to play to it and the TV's off and there was just nothing. So I finished getting ready and I go down into the bedroom and I look over and I can't see my wife. And I'm like, oh, that's not good. <laughs> that's, that's, that's not good. I look and the TV, it has this little thing on it. It's on. I'm like, oh, that is not good. So I look back over where she's supposed to be and then there's my pillow. And I move my pillow and there's her head. And she had reached over, grabbed my pillow and just tried to take it, take it away, take the sound away. Because sure enough, no, she has the scriptures blaring and sit there. We normally watch TV on 17. I turned it up to 99. And she's just sitting there and, and just got a, just the total fire hose of the scripture at full volume at 6.15 in the morning. Um, folks, the scriptures are a blessing, but not like that. Not like that. And so here was something. My heart was to have all of that connected and all of that apart to be a blessing to her to not bother her, to not disturb her with my activity. But all of a sudden, wires got crossed and something that was a blessing, the scripture's coming through. It wasn't Star Wars. It wasn't all this stuff. It was the word of God, but all of a sudden it's coming out with this intensity and at an inappropriate time and at an inappropriate level and all this stuff. And all of a sudden, this thing that's designed to be a blessing is now creating pain and discomfort. And sadly, for a long time, the church has decided to get loud at the wrong times, shove scripture down people's throats at the wrong times, saying the, the right thing with the wrong heart, with the wrong motives, and had done a lot of pain. Something God designed and built and to connect to be a blessing to this community that we use it in the wrong way. And all of a sudden, the last thing they want to do is hear it or be a part of it. They're burying themselves and isolating themselves. Why? Because we've not done what we've called to do. We need to begin to understand that there is a holy calling on us as the church, and God wants to do it. See, the church isn't a building organization. It's the family of God. Let's look at, at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19. It says, Consequently, you're no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple 
in the Lord. And in him, you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. It's God's heart for us to become. If we're having to become, that means we're not quite there yet. We're not where we need to be. And so we need to make sure that we embrace this idea that God is carrying us on a journey. He's the one that does it. We need to let him be Jesus to us. We need to let him continue to do his ministry to us. Let's look further on in Ephesians. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25, it says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her, this is the church, holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word. This sounds like something nice and gentle. Not the fire hose of the word that my wife got at 6.15 in the morning, but a nice gentle washing of the word. And to present her, the body of Christ, the church, to himself, not that we are trying to do something to present ourselves to God, but he's doing something in us to present us to himself as a radiant church, fully what we're supposed to be without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. If he's going to cleanse us and, and wash us with the water of the word to present us to himself without stain or wrinkle or blemish, and he's got to go through a process. Well, guess what? That means there's some stains and there's some wrinkles and there's some blemishes. Well, guess what? When you and I are dealing with one another, we're dealing a lot of times with stains and wrinkles and blemishes. And we're not quite to that place of being the radiant church that God's called us to be. But if we will, if you and I in this space, we will let Jesus continue to do his ministry to us. Here, part of our issue is we get excited about what Christ has done for us. We're like, yes, Jesus, this is so awesome. I'm now part of the church. But we quit leaning into Jesus to finish his work. The scriptures say he's the author and the finisher of our faith. We let him start something. We begin our life in Christ, but then some point we begin to unplug and don't let him continue to cleanse us. This is a picture of us letting him continue to be Jesus to us and continue to work in us. My pastor who raised me up, who, who passed away last year and a half or so, Dr. John Holler, he wrote a short book uh, for ministers on a on a hundred uh, points, a hundred ideas on how to have a um, a world class church, and in that the number one number one was stay in love with Jesus. And you know you're sitting there reading, you're like, yeah, 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 absolutely, stay in love with Jesus. And then number two is you know it's be committed to missions, be committed to world missions. Like, yeah, 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 absolutely, absolutely. And as a minister, you know, and you know, and then there's n number three was something like you know have, have small group ministry, and yeah, 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 and, and then. And number four was some other good thing. And number five is stay in love with Jesus. And you, know, you, you, you said that. And then number six was some other wonderful nugget. And number seven was some other wonderful nugget. And number eight was something else brilliant. And number nine is stay in love with Jesus. 
And then you keep reading, and number 14 is stay in love with Jesus, and number 21 is stay in love with Jesus, and number 37 is stay in love with Jesus, because the truth is, is that ministers can, in the middle of all of those other good things, forget to stay in love with Jesus, because the only way we can be who we're called to be is to stay in love with Jesus. The reason that we're able to do this is this creed is in an order and that we believe that God the Father, well, he's the Father and he had the Son and the Son accomplished something amazing and, and then the, he ascended and he sent the Holy Spirit and we understand those things and if those, they're essential because if with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit at work in our lives, then we can be the Holy Church. We can be it, but if we don't have those first things, the, the, there's no hope for, the, for us to be really a holy church. But if we will embrace that and let him continue to minister to us, it will, we will be. Let's go on to Ephesians chapter three, verse 16. It says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's people, holy people, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. We recently got back from the men's retreat and had a great time. It's wonderful. And, and we purposely have a lot of fellowship time, a lot of connection time on, on stuff guys enjoy doing. The Bible's full of fishing. Fishing is spiritual, people. Jesus was, he called fishermen first. So, man, we're out, we're out fishing and doing some stuff. And, and uh, they just hadn't invented golf yet, but I'm sure it's spiritual too. And so, and uh, it certainly is if you make it that way. And um, it's life-giving when you invite life in. And so, as we uh, are out there doing all those kinds of stuff. And the sessions and the teaching point, we don't, we don't bring somebody in to come in and to teach. Um, we just invite some of our men to just share what God is doing in their lives because God, guess what? We, the Holy Church, God is doing awesome stuff in here. And when we begin to hear the stories and know what God's doing, we begin to see, I begin to see and grasp how wide and big and high is the love of God because there are places of God's love and grace that other people are experiencing that I haven't. One of our men shared and, and talked about just being on his own and having to take care of himself at 14, 15 years old and then quickly ended up with, with a drug habit and ended up on drugs and then selling drugs to be able to, to, to just maintain that thing. And I, I've never dealt with drugs, but hearing that, that this man talk about the redemption of God and even dealing with the cycles of it and, and finally seeing God just step in and just break it through and totally revolutionize his family, it was amazing. I've never stuck a gun in somebody's face and ready to pull the trigger and then later on be so grateful that something stopped me from killing a person and hear a story of that grace of God at work. And I've never been to prison and never done time and never had to deal with what it's like on a long period of time away from family and in a, in a hard situation and in a cell and, and even getting out and getting excited about God and getting out on my own and ending right back up in that same place and being in the cycle and being frustrated and finally letting 
God really transformed my life and getting half a decade of, of completely out of the system, completely free and having a life never dreamed I could have. And, and I'm telling you, just being able to hear the stories, just it's amazing. And together, I'm able to grasp. I'm, I study the scriptures, I understand it, but when somebody else has lived it and they share that with me, I'm able to grasp it in a whole new way. That's why we need one another. There's aspects of God's love and grace you get, I don't get. And aspects of love, God's love and grace I get, you don't get. Because we've each experienced it on a different space in a different place. And so this is absolutely vital for us. See, when Jesus prayed for you and I, he prayed, prayed that we would be one. Here in John 17, we see that Jesus, he prays. And he prays, he prays for us. He prays for us. Let's look at this. John 17, 20. So it's my prayer is not for them alone, but I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. If you're a believer in this room, that's you. You've believed through their message. It's made it thousands of years and thousands of miles to you and I, person to person, the message getting passed forward. We are the ones who believe through their message. It goes on to say, Jesus, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Us being united, us being connected is what Jesus says, that's what's gonna make the world believe that something earth shattering took place, that God actually sent Jesus. See, the thing is, is if I was scripting Jesus's prayer and looking forward to to, to my day and age, you'd see him, Brandon Clark, I'd be going, man, we need to pray that, that that dude has some boldness. We need to pray that that dude has some wisdom. We need to pray that that guy just don't embarrass us all. And so uh, we, need to, we need to pray for some power in his life. We, Jesus could have looked forward to the church and go, man, you know, I pray that they'd be bold. I pray that they would live holy. I, I pray, that, I pray that, they, that they would have power. That is not what Jesus prayed. Jesus is here and he's praying for you and I and he prayed that we would be one, that we would be united, that we would stay connected. Jesus prayed for my relationship with you. That was what Jesus prayed for. When he looked forward throughout time, he's like the most important thing isn't all of this other stuff, that Brandon always do everything just right, that, that his heart would be right to the people in his life. That's what Jesus prayed for. Pray that Brandon Clark's heart would be right to the people in his life. That he'd be united with, with my other children. They wouldn't be squabbling, and fighting, and tearing each other apart. That's what he prayed for. And he prayed for that for you. Because he says, when the world sees that we can actually love one another and deal with one another's spots and wrinkles and blemishes, and then they'll go, man, something, something did happen 2,000 years ago. That Jesus thinks something, something legitimately happened. Because if that person treated me like that, but this person, this person who's supposed to be a Christian treated this other one kind of cruddy, but this one loved and cared and prayed for them held them up, and I saw that grace begin to bring life to that person. Oh, that's how I need to be treated. Most of the time, I'm this one. Man, I, I think I could be a part of that. I need that. Man, that's what God has called us to be, and that's, the, that's what the world will wake up to. 
There's lots of places that have prettier buildings and better productions and write better songs. There's a lot of places that do all that stuff better. But nobody should be able to love better than the body of Christ. Nobody. Nobody should be able to forgive better than the body of Christ. Nobody should have more patience than the body of Christ. Nobody should have more vision for what God wants to do in the world than the body of Christ. That's what makes things different. And so with that, with that, then we need to make sure that we understand that God has called us to step into a place because of the church shines. The church shines in two spots. Shines best in serving and sharing. On the way out, we have a tent set up. You saw it on the way in. We've got these little carriers and um, we've got uh, these little mugs. Uh, we learned our lesson from last time. Last time the mugs weren't insulated and, and, and uh, man, the, the stuff was hot on the inside, you know. So you, we use them as an invite, like here, feel hell, now come to church. <laughs> and so, and so, uh, here's, a little, here's, a, here's a little sample, here's a little sample. You don't want it. Come to church with me on Easter. And so, um, but, but this time, this time they're insulated, so you actually want to use it and whatnot. So, so we've got some better mugs this time. So we've got, um, what we've got is this space, this thing, that honestly is just going to be an easy place for you to just have one or two people on your heart. Um, it's just two of these per, per adult and um, a little, little carrier. has a little invite on the inside that talks about the time and the dates for our services. Um, but if we'll have a heart for one or two people, I'm telling you, just like Luke with Theophilus, we could see lives changed. And what this is, is just an opportunity to say, hey, you know, I just want to give you this gift. Here's a, here's a little coffee mug for you. Um, but I'd love for you to come to church with me. I'd love for you to come at Easter. And, um, you know, you say, hey, there's, there's three services, three options, whichever one works best for you. I'd love to go with you. Um, and so we would love to put these in your hands and be able to step out because we have to share. We have to share this. And you know what? If you'll just do the invite and you'll be able to pull them here, I hope you share your testimony. I hope you share what God's doing in your life. But if just nothing else, you get them this space, we'll talk about God's love. We'll talk about those things. We'll share who God is and what he's done in, through Christ. And so, and so on the way out, if you'll grab those. But there's other place. It's not just... Sharing, but a place of serving. And you've seen this over the last couple of weeks where we have this that just represents some spaces where we just are serving as the body of Christ. And there's these places, and I, I have not uh, stepped into my spot with the youth ministry. Youth ministry is not normally my space. Um, I oversee it. But for the last nine months, Cutie and I have been the youth pastors over there, and it's been a blast, and we've been having an incredible time. But one of the places we're putting in extra time and energy is in our youth ministry. And I've not placed in the, my youth ministry uh, ping pong ball yet. And so, but with this, this is a place where we see that it begins to get built up and become all that it's called to be. And so in the space, there's a place and a space for you to be able to serve whether it's just as a greeter at the door, whether it's making sure that the, the, the coffee is there, whether, whether it's on the worship team or a nursery or any of those different spaces, but the, the body of Christ shines when we share and when we serve. This morning, we've got opportunities to go ahead and make a commitment 
to step up in both. To take an opportunity to have some people on your heart and a friend or a coworker and give them a mug and invite them to church and step up and say, hey, you know what? I can make a contribution. I can serve one time a month on this space or that space. We've got dream team orientations twice a month, every month. We'd love to be able to get you involved. In fact, I've got two of our dream team people, two of our volunteers are gonna carry this out front. Come grab this. I don't know who they are, but they are. They're gonna do that. And so, and, uh, and so go ahead and carry it out front. If, you've, if you're already serving and you've not grabbed the ball and put it in there, and, and then go ahead and grab yours if you've not, if you're serving in a space and haven't done that. But I wanna create a moment here, right now, you say, okay, Brandon, I get it. I get it. This isn't about trying to get God's attention, do better, say, I'm sorry, get a second chance. This is about receiving God's love for me, receiving God's, God's call on my life, receiving what he wants to do in and through me and allow him to to change me from the inside out. And you're here and you're ready to say yes to that. If that's you, we wanna create a quiet moment if that's you. Ready to say yes to God's love, yes to God doing the transforming. And you just embrace him. If that's you, just raise your hand. And we wanna pray for you this morning. Awesome, awesome. Praise God, yes, 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 praise God. Believers, I want you to just lift your voice with these and we wanna, we wanna pray together. Just borrow my word. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for loving me. I thank you love me so much that you sent Jesus, that Jesus' death, it covered my death. And Jesus' life, it gives me life. Today I am your child. You're my father. Heaven is my home. And I give you permission to change me from the inside out, in Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. If you can stand up, I just wanna pray over you as we go out of here. Our prayer teams are coming forward. If you need prayer for anything at all, um, they're here to pray with you. Uh, be sure to grab your mugs on the way out. There's plenty of them. Heavenly Father, Lord, we're so thankful for your love and your goodness. We're so thankful, Lord, that you have given us the ministry of reconciliation is so amazing. And Lord, that your grace is big enough, Lord, to work in and through us. So Lord, we go out of here, not looking at our own selves or what we can do, but that you can do miracles in our lives. You can work and minister through us. So we go out here looking to you, the author and the finisher of our faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Y'all have a beautiful day. Thanks so much for being with us. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Celebration Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.